Hey guys, it's Terry from The Statement Show. Hey, you want a free audiobook? I'm going to tell you how to do it, okay? You go to thestatementshow.com, click on the Audible link, choose from over 180,000 titles. Zach, 180,000 titles. Now, I know you love some audible.com, right? Absolutely. Recently, I've gotten another Adam Carolla book. I get them out of sequence. So the, I think this is the first one he did, but it's called In 50 Years We'll All Be Chicks. And it's basically <laughs> him just going through his whole life, but he narrates it and kind of does a lot of off-the-cuff stuff. And so you're getting a lot more than what's in the book. So Because yeah. he likes to just kind of put his own little spin on it. But I'm going to tell you what, I wouldn't do it any other way. It's fantastic for long car rides and for commuters. Yeah, and anywhere. You can listen yeah. anywhere. You exactly. know, Listen to your books wherever you are. You've got a free app at home, in the car, at the gym, whatever. Look, man, you got 30 days of membership for free. Plus, guess what? You get a book on us to get it started absolutely free. I don't know how much better it could get, to be honest with you. <laughs> Easy exchange. Just look, you don't, yeah. Yeah, no risk, sure, you no don't risk. love the book? Swap it for free anytime. It's such a great deal. Again, go to thestatementshow.com. Click on the affiliates link. You're going to see it sitting right there. Audible.com. Click on it. Go to it right then and there. Right now. Stop what you're doing. Go to thestatementshow.com. Click on the affiliates link. Click on audible.com. Get yourself a free audio book. You're going to love it. They got A-list celebrities narrating their favorite stories. Again, 180,000 titles. We're talking about Grammy award-winning audio books here. Again, try it for free. 30 days, you still get to keep the audio book. You don't like it, cancel it out afterwards. But you can't say The Statement Show didn't give you anything in the process. TheStatementShow.com, the affiliate link, and click Audible. Enjoy the book. Yo, what up? It's Brian Brushwood from The Modern Road. And you're listening to The Statement Show with Zach and Terry. From the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. The lights are on. Hey guys, this is Brie Olson. This is Jackie Joy. I'm Jim Harold from the Paranormal Podcast. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia from the WWE. Hello everybody, it's Tony Todd. Hi, this is Zach Ward. Howdy y'all, this is Michael Hall, Green Beret combat veteran and TV personality. You're listening to The Statement Show with Zach and Terry. So get ready to make a statement. Welcome back to The Statement Show. I'm Terry James. And I'm Zach Chahi. And we are the podcast that fits a no category. Today's guest is Brian Brushwood, magician, scammer, social manipulator, expert life hacker, podcaster. Hell, Brian's even got two Billboard number one comedy albums, not to mention the host of Scam School for Discovery, Hacking the System for Nat Geo. You can also see Brian on his own show, Night Attack and The Modern Rogue on YouTube. However, tonight he decided to finally make something of himself and come on our show. Brian, welcome to the statement show. Man, when you list it all in a row, it, it sounds dangerously <laughs> close to being significant. I'm just like, man, this guy sounds awesome. I want to meet him. <laughs> right. Yeah, never mind the Tonight Show and Penn and Teller. I mean, yeah, you're on our show. About What's, who? Jay Leno? Who's that? I never heard of that guy. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. dude, uh, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super, super excited to be here. Absolutely, man. We we greatly appreciate you coming on. And I wanted to start actually by saying this. I'm, I'm going to kind of get my my fandom out of the way for one second because I have been a fan of yours for quite some time now. And I first saw you on Scam School years back. And I'm going to tell you why. This is this is what made me love you. You made magic fun because you taught everyone the trick 
which actually worked out because it was unusual because magicians normally keep their secrets so closely guarded. And you were coming along saying, I'm going to teach you how to do it. Did you take a lot of shit for that? Was that for actually revealing those tricks or were people pretty cool with you? So here's the funny part. Like, uh, I I think I I, would... Oftentimes when people are successful, they, they, they chalk it up to luck. But I truly think I was just lucky because, uh, the time that we launched Scam School was right around the time that nobody really knew what to make of, of video on the internet. Uh, specifically, like, uh, there's nothing new about teaching magic. Uh, uh magicians have a saying, if you want to hide it, put it in a book, right? And, uh, uh, if you went to the Dewey Decimal System in your, your own high school, uh, library, you would go to 793.8 and there would be all the secrets that you could possibly want to know about magic. Now, on the other side, you had, and magicians were cool with all this. On the flip side, you had stuff like the um, uh, Magician Secrets Exposed specials, the the (laughs) Max Magician stuff, right? Right, right, right. And so when Scam School launched, I was really curious uh, and terrified, but but also, I mean, I went for it. I was like, shoot, is is video on YouTube, is that television? In which case, that would be exposure. That would just be me ruining the secrets of magic. Or is it uh, a library? In which case, everybody would agree that that's the right way to learn magic for free. Uh, you know, and, and um, it's been kind of a mushy five years as magicians have been hashing it out. But it seems as though, especially like, I don't know any magician under the age of 20, 25 that didn't learn magic from the internet. And now we're at a place where it's like, it's less a question of, is it appropriate to teach magic on the internet? And now we're in a place where it's like, okay, well, who should you credit? What permission should you have? Obviously, you don't want to just buy a DVD for 20 bucks and then just reveal the secrets. That's a, a jerk maneuver. So as a result, like, um, you know, by by being focused in magic first and focused on, uh, uh, you know, crediting the appropriate people for everything we teach on there, I think somehow I've threaded the stone needle on that uh maybe once or twice there's been a trick or two that that some magicians have felt like they're like well that's my favorite trick so now you're a jerk um (laughs) and that's fine but but in general i think that magicians have accepted that the future of learning magic is through video tutorials on the internet you're right. You're right. Because it's for, for someone like myself who, you know, I, I love to do like mag, like magic card tricks. But, but what you do is a whole other. Woo, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm more the lines of the uh, the clown that that's, uh, you know, with the, the four year old parties, you know, blowing up balloons. Sure, and sure. <laughs> By you the know. way, record, those are much harder gigs than performing <laughs> for adults. Adults understand the, the nature of theatrics and they know to stay focused or whatever. Four year olds don't know that They're, they they'll shout out randomly like i'm bored stop yeah. <laughs> you're so right <laughs> i know where you put that don't even try that <laughs> yeah but, and that's the thing it's, it's like you don't want to get in an argument with a five-year-old where it's just like no you think it was over here but it's not. go ahead stick your hand <laughs> down my pants and feel that okay not appropriate <laughs> <laughs> so, so for our for our listeners who aren't quite 100 sure of you can you uh can you give a little background about yourself uh you know how you started you know was it always something that you is magic your number one thing from the very beginning or you know what did you want to do if you weren't being a magician when i was 11 years old i i pulled my mom aside i'm like mom i'm super worried i'm just afraid that when i'll be an adult Mm -hmm. all the magic jobs will be taken up and uh uh, but then i fell away from magic and it wasn't until i went to college that i picked it back up as a hobby and i never ever thought that magic would be a full-time gig i always thought it would be something i would do on the side like uh, oh i'll be a corporate warrior and also no magic tricks but then by the time i graduated I had a decent little 30 minute show that I would perform at, at various gigs. 
And then uh, in the back of my mind, it was always like, ah, one of these days I'll give magic a try. That'd be great. And then I was 25 years old and then I got a raise at my day job. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, crap. This is how it happens. This is how you end up doing something you hate for the rest of your life is the money just gets too good to walk away from. And I, I, I thought it through. I was like, I can either be one of those people who does very well in corporate America, but quietly, secretly always wondered what might have been if I had gone for it. And, and I said, or I can just take a year off go for it, see what happens. And in worst case scenario is I rack up $30,000 of debt and I'm just like everybody else I know. I've got, I'll call it student debt, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, one year later, so I quit my day job as a direct result of this, of this raise. I was just like, yeah, peace out. And, um, uh, a year later, I had made garbage money, but the way to succeed was so clear to me at that point. Like, oh, all it takes is following this system and doing lots and lots of really hard work, uh, making a lot of cold calls, traveling all over the United States and so on. And then basically for the next four years, I, I was able to double my income. And then at some point I looked up and I'm like, wow, I'm 33 years old and touring the country nonstop. And then it's like, what's next? And so I flirted with a TV deal. And then that, that totally folded. And then out of that though, out of that frustration came this desire to like, I just got to get in front of camera. I got to learn how to talk in front of a camera, how to be interesting, how to tell stories. So I just started doing these little vignettes called Brian Brushwood on the road. And out of that, I realized that the best parts of those were when I was teaching magic to other people. So I came up with the idea of scam school. I took it to a uh, revision three, which later got bought by discovery. And, uh, I guess the rest writes itself. At that point, I started just being a dumb ass who talks in front of a camera from four up the <laughs> I was reading how you you really started out you got like a, a magician kit when you were a kid right Oh, sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that was one of the best parts of Christmas this last year is when I was a kid, 1982, Jesus, uh, I, uh, I, I got a, no, 83. I got a Siegfried and Roy, uh, 150 magic trick kit. And I was super excited, read about zero of the instructions, got up, announced I was going to do a, a, a show for the family. Everybody gathered around and, and it was so hilariously bad that it's actually how I opened my show today. I, I play a copy from that Betamax tape. <laughs> of me screwing up all the tricks. And then, uh, so this year for Christmas, I got for my nine-year-old uh, daughter, I got her uh, the Penn and Teller Fool Everyone magic kit. And it was utterly adorable because she did the exact same thing. She half-watched some of the instructions and announced she was ready to do a show. And we all gathered around and watched her. Uh, uh, she did better than me. She actually pulled off most of the tricks. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, magic is, a, is an infectious drug that gets you early on. I mean, I agree. I don't know why I was I've never been good at magic by any means, but it's just been something that there was this one trick and and obviously the easiest thing in the world for you. But, you know, basically what you would do is you would force the the person to um, take a particular card. You put it back in the deck. You would throw it up against a window and then it would be on the outside of the window. Oh, you know, you know, and then they go, hey, how did that happen? That fools someone every single time, you know, but it's that one trick that that I I haven't, you know, in my in my my bag of tricks, if you will, you know, that seems to be the one that everyone loves. But to be honest with you, that's as far as my my magic goes. I could I can take like a little uh, like an M&M or something and, and hide it in my hand and put another one. You know, <laughs> in it. Wow, there's two now, you know, but that's that's my uh, that that's that's as much as my magician goes. But uh, for you, man, what I love, though, is 
I'm watching these shows and I'm seeing you do the whole like uh, nail in the eye thing and eating fire and like that right there. That has to be completely different than taking out uh, a deck of cards and and going through some tricks that that probably takes a little bit more preparation, I suppose. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that is, I I would say, fairly unusual about my show is that uh, I I call what I do bizarre magic because I don't want people thinking that I'm appropriate to book for their kid's birthday party or whatever. (laughs) And and truthfully, like the first three things I do in the stage show, I walk out and I do a a five minute history of fire eating thing. Then I do the human blockhead, which is an old side show stunt where you take a four and a half inch nail and hammer it right near your sinus cavity. Uh, Then I did a uh, the human uh, crazy straw where I wrap 30 feet of tubing around my body, run it up my nose, pull it out my mouth and then connect it to a tank filled with milk and then uh, uh, flip the switch and you watch the milk wind around my body like I'm a human crazy straw finally going up my nose and shooting out my mouth. So three episodes, three uh, segments in, you have not seen any magic. And yet you're here ostensibly for what's called a bizarre magic show. And then uh, the fourth routine starts. And it's one where uh, where it looks like I'm learning a magic trick about how to shove a skewer through my tongue. Uh, but everything goes wrong. So so basically, I, I you watch me shove a skewer through my tongue after somebody inspects my tongues and make sure everything's totally fine. You watch me jab a skewer through it. And then um, uh, the twist is uh, I allegedly did the trick wrong. And, uh, and, and, and so I respond by cutting off my tongue. And what's great about that is the first three routines, because everything is exactly the way it pretends to be. Like I really do eat fire. I really do shove a nail in my nose. I really do run a tube up my nose out my mouth and all that stuff. So by the time you see me shove a skewer through my tongue, you're like, yeah, whatever. We know you're a weirdo. That's fine. (laughs) And then, and then it's not until I'm halfway through cutting off my tongue that all of a sudden people are like, wait, wait, what? Uh, in their blood flowing down my chin and so on. It's like, oh, that's right. It's a magic show. And so uh, the blending of real things with totally fake things has been one of my favorite things because I wanted to keep everyone on their toes, keep them not entirely sure, like, well, wait a minute. Uh, the other thing was real and the other thing was fake. What is this? And that's the way I want people to feel the entire show. Hmm. So, so well, let me ask real quick. Uh, the whole magician, illusionist, do you feel like they're the same thing or are they kind of like mirror the same line like uh what houdini does or yeah. David Copperfield. Copperfield, yeah. yeah. Sure. I, I, you know what? I, I don't even know myself. Uh, everybody just makes up their own words. Uh, it's all branding, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I intentionally add the word bizarre in front of magic because I want people to know that whatever you think magic is, this is going to be a, a bit off kilter from that. Uh, my friend Mike Super uh, does a fantastic illusion show, but he doesn't want to call it illusion because that makes you think of David Copperfield, which might feel cheesy to some group. So he calls himself a mystifier, which is, you know, totally fine because he does incredible uh, uh, mentalism and so on. Speaking of which, uh, mentalism, my friend Banachek calls himself a mentalist, mainly because nobody knows what the word mentalist means. And he gets to project onto that word, whatever, whatever he wants. So, you know, in general, when you hear the word illusion, they're usually talking about big flashy boxes and ladies vanishing from one area and showing up in another. <laughs> in general, when you hear mentalists, they're talking about mind reading, kind of mind control stuff, creating the illusion that they have a sixth sense. Uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, when you think of magic show, I guess, I don't know, you think of some overweight 50 year old in <laughs> <laughs> with the hot uh with the hot assistants yeah oh, you, yeah. you gotta have the beautiful like assistant the hot assistant who's definitely not his wife 
<laughs> oh man who do you rank up there as like your favorite magicians uh i gotta tell you i'm uh you know they say swans uh pair bond for life uh when i was in second grade i saw penn and teller on mm-hmm. television and I, and i had never seen anything like it like i had seen magicians be amazing incredible stupefying but i had never seen magicians be cool they were so cool that for years they refused to even call themselves magicians right uh, and that was fascinating to me and then when i was 19 years old i wrote an email to teller saying hey up yours old man be, uh, <laughs> i love what you do but because you got there first whatever i do is going to look like a copycat so so here's a finger in your butt jerk and then um <laughs> Uh, to my astonishment, the next morning I woke up and there was a four and a half page essay from Teller on the nature of creativity, uh, on what it takes to make it as a magician. And it was just the most inspiring thing I've ever encountered. And you can find it if you type in, uh, uh, you know, Brian Brushwood Teller letter. Yeah, I'm sure you'll. Oh, yeah. I've listened to some of his podcasts that he does. Uh, he's on the Adam Carolla network and he does, uh, some of those, uh, uh, trying to remember what it is. Sunday school, I think it is. Or sure, yeah. sure. Sunday uh, school. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking Sunday of Penn. School. Penn's the one who talks. Penn, Teller, yes, right? yes, yeah. yes. Oh, so Teller's the <laughs> one to send you. Oh. Yeah. Penn, Penn <laughs> talks and Teller writes polite, insightful emails. That's what you remember. That <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever actually, I mean, I'm going to assume you're not going to say, but have you ever actually heard Teller talk? Oh, dude. Uh, on stage, Teller only talks as a gag. Off stage, you can't shut him up. He's got thoughts <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder if he's the brains behind the operation. But uh. Uh, Oh, no. Penn will tell you straight up, man. When it comes to T- Teller is one of the most thoughtful. Uh, he loves magic more than any individual I've ever encountered. He deeply cares. Uh, in that letter, that essay that he sent me, he, he wrote something that I, I don't even know if he realizes how poignant it was. He says, here is this. Here is a compositional secret. It is so simple that you will say to yourself, this man is bullshitting me. But I'm telling you, this is truth. Uh, he said, if you want to do create a great magic routine, here's the secret. Surprise me. And specifically, I love the way he framed surprise me. He said, put two and two in front of me, convince me it's five, and then reveal the truth for and blow me away. And there's something about the idea that magic, like the idea that all of magic is not uh, lies, but, but instead, uh, that we present everything to you. Everything is totally fair. It's you who gets stuck on thinking of the wrong thing and that we just reveal the truth for and blow you away. I, I always thought was, was particularly poignant. What what was that like going on Penn and Teller Fullis? Because yeah, I, I thought your trick was absolutely amazing. But I guess getting a chance to perform in front of I would say role models, I suppose, but you know, it felt like I, I, guess, yeah. I felt like I was watching the Brian Brushwood show, though. I mean, like you stole the show. <laughs> you did steal the show. You were great. Uh, uh, so, so here's what happened. I got an email from the Penn and Teller crew, and uh, I forwarded it over to Teller. Like, ha ha! I guess I'm ineligible, right? And then, uh, b- you know, because Teller and I had, uh, there's not a single part of my stage show that Teller hasn't personally watched and hasn't personally given feedback that that has been meaningful to shaping the routines. Um, and I just assumed like, oh, how hilarious. They reached out to me not knowing that we know each other. And Teller, to his credit, said, uh, oh, no, uh, you you should totally do it. We have friends on the show all the time. We literally are prohibited from knowing anything. Um, 
it's a great experience. You should consider doing something. And so I was like, wow, okay. So, uh, and then sure enough, I look online and it's like uh, some of the other people that I knew were going to be on the same year I was were uh, the talented Matt King, who I know has been a friend of Penn and Teller's for forever. And so I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, let's go for it. And uh, the one rule they said is uh, they said, uh, do whatever you want, no card tricks. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the, the reason they said that is because everybody has a card trick that they're very, very proud of. And very few of them, like like they only have four card trick slots and all those card trick slots were full, full. And so I was like, I was like, well, I want to do something that I don't care whether or not they know. I want it to be something that I don't have to worry about, something that is inherently fun and funny that I could just be relaxed and have a good time and do a good showcase. And so uh, normally that psychic surgery trick is done with a card. I have a card selected and a card signed and the card gets pulled out of their guts. And so I was like, well, I think I could take this one and remake it into a, a vanishing dollar bill that shows up elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, that'll be great. So uh, uh, that was not the smartest thing I've ever done because it meant that I had to create hundreds of identical $1 bills, which there are many methods to get there. Uh, <laughs> all of them extraordinarily tedious, extraordinarily difficult. And so so I did. I, I, I created hundreds of exactly identical bills so that I could do this um, so that one could be selected and vanish and then appear somewhere else. Um, but then uh, going out to do it, it was a total blast, man. Mm -hmm. It's very, very clear that the conceit of the show is you're supposed to fool Penn and Teller. It's equally clear the moment you come in, all they care about is do a good show, look good, be entertaining. Also, by the way, if you bother to fool them, good for you. You know, it's like nobody. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a reason that the Penn and Teller Fool Us trophy prominently says the letters F-U. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it, it really is a middle finger to the entire conceit that anything about what they're doing is is on purpose or whatever. Mm -hmm. oh, this is turning the Penn and Teller show. <laughs> but I, yeah, love, right? I love watching them, too. They're, they're great. Uh, cause I, Did, when I grew up, I, I liked, uh, I was always in, into like Houdini and I remember the very first movie that I saw. Um, some movie they did about Houdini's life and I was always very interested in Houdini and then of course it transferred to David Copperfield because he was just fantastic on TV and all of his and stunts. Dude, so. Copperfield is continuing to kill it. I saw his stage show out in Vegas uh, last year and it's like uh, there is some demon inside him that causes him to work harder and, and think uh, faster <laughs> than anyone else. Like, uh, the dude's made all the money on the planet, and yet he's still doing two to three shows a day at the MGM on, on Vegas. Like, that doesn't come from a desire to make a paycheck. That comes from somebody who wants to die knowing for a fact he was the best magician in his lifetime. What's he does? I just saw a video with him not too long ago. He, he, he looks the same age. I mean, does this guy age? Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, uh <laughs> speaking of the pack with a, with a demon or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell? No, it, he looks great. He'll always look great. He's David Copperfield. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. I, I, I was watching, uh, you know, I've watching some of your past videos and everything. And I, that hairstyle of yours, um, obviously <laughs> yeah. you retired it, but man, that had to be a hell of a trademark. You were really known for uh, that for a long time. Yeah, people ask like, why did you do that? And and I, it's very difficult for anyone who's under 25, 30 years old to comprehend there existed a time 
So let's let's dial back 20 years, 20 years ago. Uh, uh, it's late 90s. There is no such thing as social media. There is no way to easily share all this stuff. It was entirely possible. And it actually happened that I would go into a small town. I would perform the best show of my life. I would get a standing ovation. And one week later, people could not name a single thing I did or a single physical attribute of the guy that they saw. Because like I would go up to many towns and they would say like, oh, magic. I love magic. We had a magician here last year. Oh, who was he? And it's like, uh, oh, I, I don't remember his name. It's like, what did he look like? Uh, you know, I don't know. He, he had a suit on. And it's, uh, what did he do? It's like, oh, there's something with cards. And so it's like, it, it, it very clearly was like, well, I got to have something that sticks, right? So I, uh, for, for a good long while, I had like long hair past my shoulders. But then I was like, that's not distinctive enough. So I cut the hair and I had bright green hair looking like the Joker. Uh, and uh, oh, man. it was like two or three years. And then, uh, and then finally, uh, I settled on it. the problem with the green hair is that it was off putting. Like, I would go to a small town in Texas, and some good old boys would walk up and be like, What are you trying to prove? And I'm like, <laughs> But I like the color green. I, I don't understand it. And so, you know, I, I, I needed something that wasn't very off-putting. And so uh, I, I've always been huge into video games. And so this, you know, one of the iconic things you would see from Japanese video games, whether it's Final Fantasy or, or Street Fighter 2 or whatever, because it's easy to render are, are the, the, these in, in, insane spiky blonde blocks. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I figured out how to make that happen in real life with a little bit of beeswax and a, and a unique cut. And uh, I loved it, man. It was great walking around. Every, every room I went into, people instantly started smiling. But once we started shooting on video, you know, my day job was to appear on stage where I'm doing this punk rock blood and guts magic show. So it makes sense to have a quirky look. But on camera, when it's the first thing you see, uh, many people would be like, you know, who's the, what's this guy trying to prove? And so <laughs> it wasn't until like four or five years into being in front of the camera that I'm like, oh, wait, being in front of the camera is my new day job. And the touring is the side gig. So uh, I was finally able to s swap and look like a grown up gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're a big techie, too, aren't you? Because you worked at oh, Dell. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I worked at Dell. I uh, designed high-end computer systems for people. I uh, uh, help people build ISPs and all that stuff. Um, at, at any given time, I've, I've had two loves. It's either been computers or uh, magic. And when computers was my job, I would come home and do magic. And when magic was my job, I'd come home and do computers. So, I, yeah, I've, I'm a big techie. I'm a video gamer as well. I think everybody is at this stage, you know, because... I was around when the Atari and some of the stuff before that was first out, you know, when people didn't, you know, know what that stuff was. But <laughs> I've, I've grown up playing video games. I'll probably play games for the day I die. But, and I'm also a big tech, techie person. I also do technology. That's my day job. And I've watched some of your magician shows. It's like, it's like, I don't think people understand there's like different aspects of all this stuff that you've done. Obviously with Dell and the high end. It was just the, by the way, were you involved with like the Alienware side of the stuff or before the buyout? No, there was a group, um, the, before Alienware got acquired by Dell, uh, there was a time that Dell only did Dell computers. And then at some point they realized, oh, wait, we can make more money if we sell other people's stuff. So they opened up third party uh, uh, items uh, only under the moniker Dellware. And the problem was, is their entire sales force was trained just on Dell computers. So occasionally they would, uh, when they would look to customize and people would buy extra stuff, a sales rep would get in over their head when all of a sudden, like somebody who's, you know, uh, working with 3D Studio Max is like, well, I need an OpenGL compliant, uh, 3D. I'm looking at the Voodoo 2 from 3D FX. Uh -huh. And then they were like, uh huh, uh huh. So there was like a, basically a crack team of, of, um, 
our, our team called the Delaware Gurus that they would call, uh, they would call us and they were like, Hey, can you talk to this person and speak their language? And so we would get on and, and just say like, all right, what are you trying to do? Oh, have you looked at this? Have you tried these? Okay. No, I'd probably recommend this one. Basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Cause I've heard you on tech podcasts before. I, I know I've, mm. I just can't piece the name of which ones you were on exactly, but I've heard you on tech podcasts before. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is kind of funny where it's like nowadays, whenever somebody recognizes me, either, either from my voice or from my name or from my face, there's this moment where you're like, you're Brian Brushwood. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, and I'm like, where do you know me from? Because I don't know <laughs> if they if they think I'm a smart person who knows something about tech or, or or a dumb person who shoves nails in his eyes or or a funny person who talks about his butt. You know, it's it's very <laughs> weird. Oh, it's a little everything, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like when you're watching, say, David Copperfield or David Blaine or Chris Angel or whoever it may be, are you like the worst spectator in in the world? Like, are you just like, come oh, on, I know how they do yes. this. Or, nope, nope, nope. I am the best spectator because yeah. uh, in so many ways, magicians like uh, when you find out David Copperfield is coming to your hometown, the first 100 tickets that are sold are going to be two magicians. Nobody mm. loves magic more than magicians. And it's because we're all chasing that high. Now, many magicians uh, can't resist that compulsion to try to figure out how stuff's done. I am the opposite. Like, I want to give you as long of a runway as you need. Do Like, like uh, when you say my name and ask me a question, my eyes will immediately lock with your eyes because I know that's what you want. And I know your hands are doing something out of frame that I can't see, but that's the way you want this to go. And I want you to succeed because all I want in the world is that enchantment, that magical moment of being completely completely and utterly fooled yeah it's all, it's all about the showmanship in my opinion so oh absolutely about being uh, entertained uh, in fact, uh, somebody told me once that uh, if you know what you're doing, you can rehearse without any of your props and without an audience. And uh, and that to me is a testament to the importance of storytelling. Like if what you have to say is worth listening to, you can say it whether or not anyone's in the room, whether or not you're actually holding the props or not. Well, it's true. Yeah, because you have someone like Chris Angel who has this now at least has this big, huge stage show. And then you have David Blaine who is like watch you know <laughs> you know it's so mellow about everything but yet you really did sit and watch David Blaine with this wait a minute how the hell did he do that and then like I say Chris Angel you've got with this big huge stage show but you have some people that go, I, I don't like Chris Angel because of that big stage show I like the I like the smaller David Blaine walking up to a random person and and showing them a card trick you know which is why I love scam school so much I love the fact that you walked in there and you said hey you, you, you want a beer you're gonna buy me a beer if I do this you know or or you know just just whatever you did, it made people like myself able to to walk up and, and to do those things. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, you know, uh, buy me a beer for this, you know. But again, I'm nowhere in, in your league. But I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed watching Scam School. Wish it was, you know, still doing its thing, you know. But then we switched over to. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Wish it was still doing its thing. We, well, we've, we've not missed a Wednesday in nine years. Oh, man, Terry, you <laughs> what did is it. this? Uh -huh. I don't know. I I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's me, man. Maybe he's it's not me. a true. He's not a true believer. That's it. <laughs> I'll just disconnect him out. <laughs> uh, what's funny is uh, I, I if I'm overreacting is because you're not the first to say that. Um, yeah. You know what happens is uh, magic. Well, is it's switch networks or something, right? It. Uh, it uh, yes and no. Uh, okay. I mean, it's always been at YouTube.com/slash/scams and continues. Okay. 
and we, uh, uh, we, we post two to three videos every week. We're, we're creeping up over 600 episodes and counting. Um, but you know, what's happened, what happens is that magic is the kind of art that people get deeply into for a certain amount of time. And then they move on to something else or it's infected them and that's where they live forever. Mm-hmm. And obviously like not everybody sticks with magic forever. Uh, and, you know, usually you get, uh, uh, males, uh, who get into magic, uh, just around the time that puberty hits because it's something that gives them a structure to interact socially with other people. And then oftentimes they realize, oh, wait, I can have this social interaction without the structure. I don't need these cards or the trick or the excuse or the process to walk people through stuff. And then they move on. Uh, so as a result, uh, uh, scam school is simultaneously half the audience is discovering it for the first time. Right. Like the greatest thing I've ever seen. The mm-hmm. other half of the audience is, is asking whatever happened to scam school. And the answer of course is like, well, you stopped watching YouTube watched you stop watching. <laughs> so YouTube stopped bothering to tell you about the new episodes because clearly you weren't watching anymore. Uh, so, so as a result, like, you know, we have such a big back catalog now that when people discover it to them, it's, it's an amazing mystery as they dive deeper and deeper in hundreds and hundreds of episodes with all these guest magicians and stuff. And then meanwhile, other people who are now watching The Modern Rogue uh, were like, oh, wait, I remember this guy from when I was in junior high or whatever. And and maybe that's a bit of my problem here. I honestly, I did think it went off and I'm going to tell you why, because then I was checking you out with hacking the system and then I see you with the podcast and then the modern, I, honestly, I didn't think you could do all this. I'm I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, where I just find all this time? School was finished, man. I just thought scam school was over because you're doing 40 other things. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally not alone uh, because a lot of people, and it's been, the modern road particularly has been a lot of fun for people to watch people discover because mm-hmm. like, I I always wonder whatever happened to scam school. And of course, and again, it's, it's the exact same thing with you. I'm like, I'm like, well, the answer is you stopped being interested in magic and now you're interested in other and stuff. Hack, because I do, I like the very first episode of hacking the system. You, you caught my, okay, here you are. You're in the back of a trunk. You're doing, <laughs> you yeah. go to the car dealership and I'm not going to lie to you, man. I fell in love with the show immediately, especially, especially the part with the car dealership. Cause I thought I, I hate going to the car dealership and you made that whole, that whole point of going in there and showing how you, you can and you can't do things. And yep. I, I love it. I love hacking the system. I think it's. I, I thought I thought that show was fantastic. I, I really so did. happy to hear that. And uh, uh, you know, just last month, uh, it was it was fun to do it. It was fun to have it appear on National Geographic. It was double fun when it showed up on Netflix because what was funny is while it was on cable, nobody nobody in my family was terribly impressed. But the moment it showed up on Netflix, uh, my daughter Josie, she was eight years old at the time, she went to school, and all of a sudden uh, she comes home and she was like, "Dad, you're like famous. You're on Netflix." <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, but but I'm I'm so so glad uh, for for everything it brought. But uh, just last month it left Netflix and now went to TV Heaven, so you could buy it uh, on Amazon and all those places. But uh, but I'll tell you what, man. That folder file of all the original ideas that we brought uh, for hacking the system, like fully two thirds of them got cut out for being too dangerous, irresponsible, off brand, blah, blah, blah. And uh, now we get to do all of them on the modern rogue. And it is a total blast. We're going to put I'm a link. Ledged. We're going to put a link to that on our website, by the way, the modern rogue under your podcast under uh, the statement dot com. So awesome. So we'll put we'll we'll link out your show. We'll tweet it out and we'll Facebook it out and we'll, you know, YouTube it out and. 
Absolutely. just shout it out too. So <laughs> <laughs> shout it from the mountaintops. That's yeah, right. It, obviously, I mean, you know, I know you don't have a, a ton of time and, and I don't want to hold you, but I do want to, before I do let you go, I do want to talk about the modern rogue. That's your new thing you got happening, right? Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, it's, it's still me and Jason, same guys mm-hmm. from hacking the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we get to try a lot of dangerous, irresponsible stuff. Uh, <laughs> but basically the modern rogue is, uh, you know, look, we're we're both adults who remember how badass uh, Magnum P.I., the A-Team, uh, James Bond, you know, all these archetypes of, of badassness were when we were kids. And uh, uh, we're, we're on a quest to become the ultimate warrior, gentleman, and scoundrel. So we're learning everything we can and taking you guys along for the adventure. Oh, wow. Love it, man. Well, for those guys uh, that aren't 100% familiar with you, Tell us where we can find you, Brian. Uh, head on over to schwood.com. That's S-H-W-O-O-D. That's the last part of Brushwood. There is no C in Schwood. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash schwood, no C in Schwood. But more importantly, head on over to themodernrogue.com. Love right. it, man. We, Man, Brian, we greatly appreciated you coming on. You've been excellent. Oh, absolutely, excellent. guys. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's a total blast. Of course, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, and best of luck to you in the future, my man. You got it, boss. All right, Take Brian. it easy, Thanks. Brian. Thanks. <laughs> ModernRogue.com. So I'm going to put that link up on the show for everybody. That's uh, uh, thestatementshow.com, and then you can just click on the podcast link, and right there, you can click listen to the link and go to YouTube, and of course... You can subscribe to our show. And if you want, you can subscribe to Brian's too. I guess if that's what you're into. Yeah, if you're into it, right. Yeah, sure, I mean, yeah. if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> Jesus. He, you know, and I'm being dead serious. I thought scam school was off. I did. I mean, and, and for no other reason other than all the 40 other things that he's doing. I mean, honestly, I just thought it was done. I, I had no clue. That's, that's crazy. But, I, I I love his shows. I mean, I really do love his shows. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and hacking the system is. Oh my goodness, if you haven't. Oh my god, I love that show. Oh my goodness, so good. I there was I could have stayed on with him forever though. He, he's such he's a cool person to talk to, and um, he makes me feel. I know, like you and I were talking before the show, he makes you feel lazy that all you're doing is a couple things in oh your life, god. and he's got. A, it's like yeah, you know, podcaster, magician, <laughs> a YouTube. Uh, uh, I guess what you call it, YouTube artist. But right. oh, fantastic. I, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna say all the stuff that he's done. I feel like, oh my god, what have I been doing? So <laughs> nothing. That's just it. He's like been on TV, been on Netflix, been on YouTube, been on the Tonight Show, been on Penn and Taylor. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, Brian. Well, I mow my grass. How about that? Yeah. Do man. you mow your grass? <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I did that before I did this. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Show off. <laughs> and he gets free but, drinks. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> and stands that out of other people. So man, <laughs> I loved him, man. So we're gonna, like I said, on the statementshow.com, we're gonna put under the podcast link. Very important, the podcast link. You're going to click on his link, listen to his show, and I'll have all the links right there for his Twitter, his website, the Modern Rogue. Obviously, because you're going to want to go ahead and check out his YouTube channel and check out his website. But uh, what I liked about watching that Penn and Teller, um, mm-hmm. he just it was like he stole the show and really doing did. that like that surgery gag with the with the dollar bills. And I had a lot more I could have talked to him about and hopefully get him back on down the road. But, man, it's just uh, I, I, it's like you're kind of at a loss what to say because he just kind of takes over. And that's what I really liked about him. He's very, very entertaining. And that's mm-hmm. that's obviously what he does for a living. So. Absolutely. I mean, if you've ever seen any of his actual live shows, you would see that he's 
he's yes he's a magician but he's a comedian he's a showman he's just everything and and that's what that's why when when zach and i were talking about bringing him on we just said this this guy would be a great guest we've got to have him on and we were not disappointed and i, and I hope you guys actually liked him too because and if you have never seen it it's, it's very easy go to youtube type in brian brushwood he's there I promise you, you're going to love this guy. Yeah, you're not going to be disappointed at all. So, not at all. Hey, not Terry, at all. so real quick, what I want to do for all the Statement Show listeners, uh, go ahead and tell them how they can find us. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to our website, thestatementshow.com. Go to Twitter, at Statement Show. You can find us on Facebook, at The Statement Show. Instagram, at Statement Show. Zach, I know I'm missing. What do we got? iTunes, the statement. So subscribe on there and leave us a review. Most importantly, man, go ahead and and check out uh, the links that we put up for Brian Brushwood, man. You won't be sorry. He's extremely entertaining. And uh, hey, what's the worst thing that happened? You get a free drink, right? Right. All right. That's a wrap on another episode of The Statement Show, Terry. The lights are out. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Statement Show. Follow us on Twitter at Statement Show. Follow us on iTunes and leave a review, The Statement. And you check out our YouTube channel. And, of course, our website, thestatementshow.com. Thanks again, Brian Brushwood. Go check out his website, themodernrogue.com, and his website, schwood.com. S-H-W-O-O-D.com. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wish it was still doing its thing. We, well, we've, we've not missed a Wednesday in nine years. Oh, man, Terry, you <laughs> did it. What is this? Surprise me. And specifically, I love the way he framed surprise me. He said, put two and two in front of me, convince me it's five, and then reveal the truth for and blow me away. Yeah. Pen, pen <laughs> talks and Teller writes polite, insightful emails. That's what you're remember. Yeah, Did man. you mow your grass? He's like, oh, yeah, I did that before I did this. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> and he gets free but drinks. Flip the switch and you watch the milk wind around my body like I'm a human crazy straw finally going up my nose and shooting out my mouth. But more importantly, head on over to themodernrogue.com. 